Thank you for checking out this resource from Grace Chapel in Skinny Atlas, New York. If you'd like to find more like this, or you'd like to learn a little bit more about our church, you can do so by going to gconline.org. And now, let's jump into this week's message. We're in the last of the six statements that Jesus declares in the Sermon on the Mount about this is what has been said, but this is what I say. And he uses these moments to look back at the law and what was declared and to look forward. And he speaks into the people these powerful truths. And we're going to look into this today. So I'm going to ask you just to consider something. These, this has been almost like a fireworks show. I mean, Jesus, he, he is going after some things, these six different topics, and he ends with what I would call the grand finale. You ever been to the fireworks show? I, I enjoy everybody's like, ooh, ah, you know, all of this. I wait for that grand finale where they're just like, they're firing things off as fast as they can go. I'm like, yeah, now that's when you ooh and ah. That's when I like it. And I feel like... Jesus' sermon here ends with this grand finale. And it's this moment where he kind of throws it down. And he's had some big moments. But he says, I'm now going to talk about loving your enemies. I'm going to talk about a radical love that will blow your mind. Aren't you ready for that? If I had to say to you right now, if you were to picture someone who you would think uh, would be standing against you, somebody who would oppose you, somebody that you would declare, they would probably be listed as my enemy. Who would be on your list? It could be somebody in the family. Really. There's a lot of, a lot of hurt within families. It could be somebody within the workplace. You go to work every day, and the one person you don't want to see or speak to, it could be somebody at school. Maybe it's the bully. It's somebody that's, you know, really just agitating you beyond belief. Could be somebody in the community, you know, that neighbor that always wants their fence to be moved, you know, on the line and everything. And so it, they just agitate you. But we have a list. When I was a... When I was a kid and I was, I love sports. Anybody who knows me knows I love sports. You want to play? Let's do it. Um, but I, I was on this baseball team. And I remember I, I couldn't wait to play. And the coach knew my father was a pastor. And so he made a new rule. He made the rule. He said, listen, this is the way it's going to be. He said, if you don't make practice, you can't play in the game. And he said, and so you know, practices are now starting this next week. They're going to be on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. Hmm. I was like, man, I love you, coach. Love you. I mean, you're just making this so easy for me. I'm never going to get in. I'm never going to play. Because you don't like my father. And as a kid, I was thinking all these wonderful thoughts about him. Like, can we hang out? Can we be like best friends? No, I was thinking some other thoughts about him. 
because that was a very difficult situation. He took away what I loved dearly. And we have moments where, like I said, whether it's a family, whether it's a workplace, whether it's community, whether it's school, whether it's your team, that there are people that will stand against you, that will oppose you. And Jesus takes this passage and he speaks into it. He says, this is how I want you to respond. So let's read it together. It's Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. I'll read it. If you'll just follow along, it'll be up on the screen. He says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus begins this passage again reflecting on the Old Testament and speaking into the New Covenant. And he talks about this and he says this, You have heard it was said... And he says, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And the first thing that I want you to see is that Jesus confronts a false teaching that had become known and accepted. And as we've spoken before, you have to understand the context of a passage to understand what Jesus is trying to communicate. I've used this statement, and I'll say it again, because it's critical for you as a believer to understand Um, really put this into practice. And that is, a passage can never mean what it never meant. And so you must understand what it meant so that you can understand what it means. So as we approach this, Jesus confronts this statement that is rooted in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, where he says to the Jewish people, I'm calling you to love your neighbor as yourself. That's not a New Testament thing. It was an Old Testament thing. But see, the scribes and the Pharisees took this, and they changed it. They changed it by doing two things. They removed one phrase, and they added another phrase. The first thing that they did is they removed the one phrase, as yourself. I want you to think about this just for a moment when we think about these two phrases. It's kind of subtle, but it's true. This phrase, if, if someone has wronged us, if, if someone has done evil to us, what do we want? Justice. If we have wronged someone, what do we want? Mercy. And so it seems like this little subtle change, well, as yourself, it's not a big deal. No, it's huge. He says, love your neighbor as yourself, meaning display mercy toward them. That's what it looks like. And then he has another phrase in this other point, and he says, you know, you have heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That was never a part of it. 
But the scribes and the Pharisees knew that this was going to feed the flesh of every human being because we naturally dislike those who are opposed to us. Is that not true? I don't have to work at that. I am naturally good. I can do that on my own. And I think actually I can do it pretty good. And Jesus confronts this false teaching. And I think in this moment, we have to understand that he is calling us and the disciples and all of those around to live in a different way, to live in a godly way. You see, God's spiritual command was being reduced to a fleshly response. And we can do that already. But he's calling them in this grand finale to love radically, to love radically. So I want to really press into what that looks like. And Jesus calls his followers to to radically love. And, you know, let's look at what he says about that. He says, love your enemies. And, you know, I... As I was thinking about that, I think that I want to be careful because I think naturally what we would maybe assume is then I've got to just kind of be really friendly to all my enemies and agree with them and and come alongside of them. No, he's not saying that. I want you to grab a hold of this phrase. I think it captures it. Learn to love the people you don't like. Learn to love the people you don't like. An enemy, by definition, is somebody who is opposed to you, who is pushing against you for some reason, whether you've done it or not, they stand against you, and it's learning to love them even when you don't like them, when you don't support them, when you don't condone what they're doing, is how do you love them? It's it's interesting as we look into this, because I I think about what that looks like. And when I do, we we have this this moment again where uh, Jesus in this teaching reminds us what that looks like. He uses two illustrations that speak to our flesh. The first is he says, don't love those who just love you even the tax collectors, those who are most despised can do that. The world does that. The world loves people who love them. You know, your bros, your friends. He goes, that's no mark of Christianity. That's no mark of spirituality. Even the world can do that. And then he has a second one, which I thought was pretty powerful too. He says... Don't just love people who are like you. He says, you know, the Gentiles like the Gentiles. I would put it this way. The Christians like the Christians. It's not always true. (laughs) Right? But for the most part, we see that you can love each other that way. But he's calling us to this radical love. And I want you to hear this. This is a love. How about loving the people who are politically opposed to your point of view? How about loving people who believe different about abortion? 
How about loving people who believe different when it comes to gender identity? How about loving people who have hurt you or wronged you? Now we're talking. Like I said, grand finale. <laughs> this is real. You tell me what you think of when you go by the house with the flags waving that are opposed to your view. Or the bumper sticker on the car in front of you. Those are the realities that we live in, and Jesus speaks into reality. This isn't some figment of our imagination or some theory. He says, practice this. Do this. He says, love radically. Don't love those who love you. Don't love those who are like you. Love your enemy. That's a mark it's a mark of sonship. It's a mark of being a child of God. Why? Because he uses two illustrations. He says, look at me. How I love people. I allow the sun to rise on the evil and the good. I allow the rain to fall on the evil and the good. You wouldn't want me to be God. I would scorch some people. <laughs> And I would just like the others have nice little sunshine. And the other people, I would drown. No, it would be just raining on them. <laughs> Good crops over here. But he says this. I have created every person in my image. They're all valuable. Love them like I love them. <coughs> love your enemy <coughs> as yourself. Love your enemy like I love them. It's pretty powerful, right? It's also pretty difficult. So I want to take the last couple moments and I want to talk about how do we do it. I have a lot of people that can come to me and say, Pastor, you know, this, this is a problem or that's a problem. Don't just tell me the problem. Please, for the love of God, tell me the solution. Help, help be a part of the solution. And so we can get here and we can talk about the problem and all the things that people are opposed to and there's tension and there's this animosity. And Jesus comes into this moment and he says, here's how you fix it. I'll give you three things. How do we radically love people that we don't like? The first thing is realize you can't. You got all the way down the road for me to tell you that. It was like, well, that was a waste. <laughs> got all the way here. Now you tell me I can't do it. No, you can't. In your flesh, you will always hold something against your enemy. You will hate them. You will dislike them. You will seek revenge on them. And he is calling us to do what we naturally cannot do. It's the cultivation of the spirit of God within us that in Galatians chapter 5, he says the fruit of the spirit, the first one is what? Love. That as the spirit of God is working in us, he's transforming us to do what we naturally do not do. So the first thing is surrender your life to the spirit's work recognizing these moments of animosity, these moments where I have someone opposing me or coming against me, Spirit of God, you're going to have to do what I cannot do.
Help me love them. Help me love them. The second thing is, Jesus says in this passage, he goes, and pray for them. Have you ever prayed for your enemy? I've prayed against my enemy. Oh, man, I have no problem coming up with words praying against my enemy. But praying for my enemy? I want you just to pause here and think about this. You can pray that God would just destroy and curse and all of that. But a greater prayer is this. God, would you take the person who is opposed to me and would you transform their heart? Would you change them from the inside out? Would you do what no man could ever do? Would you do what only your spirit could do? God, change them, radically change them. Now that's praying for somebody. Without condoning their actions, without supporting their views, begin praying for their heart and their soul. It will forever change who you are. And it has the potential of changing who they are. The last thing is not just surrender to the Spirit's work because he can only produce in you this radical love. Pray for those who are opposed to you, but love them as you would want others to love you. How would you want somebody to respond to you? And that's the greatest commandment, right? Is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then it says, love your neighbor as yourself. He says it's the second greatest commandment in all of scripture. Not just love your neighbor, love him as yourself. How would you want someone else to love you in difficult moments? That's what the scribes and the Pharisees removed. Don't show your enemy this desire just for justice. Display mercy. You look and he says, that's a mark of your father's work in you because you didn't deserve mercy and your heavenly father gave you mercy. You didn't deserve my love. Your heavenly father gave you love. So we reflect our Father when we do that. So let's do this well. As I was thinking through this, I thought of these words. You can go through this life and respond like your flesh in the culture would naturally respond. Or you can do something supernatural that defies all that you naturally would want to do. And it allows you to love people as God has loved them. Can you imagine the monumental change that would happen if we would put some of these things into practice? So don't let it be a theory. Let it be a reality. Put it into practice. Let God do the supernatural in you so that we live in a place where God is active and working, not just around you, but in you. So these three takeaways. Number one, identify those you don't like and you need to love. 
Make your list. Might not want to write it down, but you got it down. Everybody's got their list. Second thing is, ask for the Spirit of God to produce in you what you cannot produce in your flesh. Radically love those opposed to you. And third, pray for them, not against them. And that is good, right? Was that a finale? It's kind of like, it's like, man, God, you are so amazing. So amazing. Let him be amazing as he works in us and through us. Father, thank you. Thank you for these words, Jesus. Thank you for challenging us. We realize this. You will never, ever, ever ask us to do something you won't empower us to accomplish. So by the power of your spirit, the truth of your word, enable us to do this radical love toward those around us that we might have this fingerprint all over us that, man, there is something different. I don't know what it is, but you're different. And may that difference be that you are powerfully at work in us, that you're allowing us to reflect your love toward those around us. So God, start with us. Whoever we have on our list, God, start there. Help us put this into practice. And may this world change and see a supernatural movement of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.